Welcome to Direct Audio Movie Discussions Podcast. My name is Spencer, as always. Storm is next to me purring. And today is the final day of spooky season, although it is always spooky season in our soul. So, look forward to many horror movie and thriller movie themed episodes to come, but this is the official end of the spooky season run that we've been on for the past couple weeks. Today we have Liz and Steven on, both spooky season guests, and we're here to talk about one of my favorite horror movies and one of theirs as well, Trick or Treat. I hope you have seen this movie before because it is a actual treat. Uh, I love this film. It is a 2007 black comedy horror movie, and this is a really fun discussion. Uh, we all really had a great time discussing our favorite parts of this movie and the sequences that really make this movie great. So we talk for a good while about what we love, and I encourage you, if you haven't seen this movie yet, go watch it. Um, listen to the beginning if you want to get some insight on what this movie's about. We're talking for a pretty long time about this movie, the behind-the-scenes stuff, and some of the things that we just really love, and what really makes this movie one of our favorites. So I can't wait to have y'all hear it. We're not going to be speaking too long on this part. But as always, check us out on Twitter, at PodDirect, Direct Audio, a movie discussions pod. If you want to listen to us on Spotify, you can do so with a free Spotify profile. You don't have to actually pay for it. Spotify free can get you podcasts. So if you want to listen on a different platform, check that out. We're also available on Radio Public, Breaker, Overcasts, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, and as always, anchor.fm slash DTA pod. Going to be trying to get an Apple podcast as soon as I can. Share this with your friends. Share this with your enemies. Everyone needs something to listen to. And again, as always, thank you so much for listening and supporting the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. It means a lot to people actually enjoying this and listening to it. And I hope that you're learning some stuff about movies they didn't know before. But for now, it's time for our feature presentation. I am glad that we're all finally here to discuss this. Liz brought this up when we were doing our first episode together, Evil Dead, that you wanted to talk about one more horror movie. Um, and then you brought up Trick or Treat. And then mm-hmm. Steven, I know from experience, and we watch them all the time, that we're both huge fans. Yeah, I absolutely love this movie. I remember seeing it basically when it first came out back in 2007, 2008. I don't remember if it was the exact year it came out, but I, I didn't realize when I first watched it that it was an anthology film, so I had pretty much no idea what was going on at first, and then I started clicking, like, oh, these are like kind of all taking place at the same time, and I just started to love it even more. So we're reviewing Trick or Treat. Steven spoiled it. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but no, well, we are rev- we're reviewing Trick or Treat. 2007 horror black comedy film written and directed by Michael Doherty and stars Dylan Baker, Anna Paquin, and Brian Cox, among many others. So Stephen said that he first saw it in 2007, 2008. But Liz, when was the first time you saw Trick or Treat? I saw it like back in 2009. I remember being in high school and my friends were like, oh, this movie Trick or Treat sounds really good. And so we watched it and we were like, we loved it so much. And I didn't know that it was direct to video. Uh, well, I, one, I feel like a late bloomer because I saw this when I was in college. I saw okay. this in like 2013, and I loved it from the start. Yeah, just like Steven, I didn't know it was an anthology film, so I was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and now looking back on it, I can definitely appreciate you know how it's paced out. That it's so interwoven together, and I feel like that's what makes it such a great, a great anthology film, a great story, is because all of them are so connected, and that's what I love about it. It does connect each of the stories beautifully. I love that you can see little tidbits of each of the stories within himself. There's like little notes of like, oh, here's this character and here's this. And we're bringing back stuff from the beginning and the end. Like it, it does tie it together so well where it doesn't feel like you're in four different areas. You are in the same city in the same night and it does it so well that everything's intercut beautifully. But I remember seeing this 
like I said, in college. And I, I loved it. I loved every second of it. It's definitely gotten a cult following. I mean, this got released direct-to-video because it was originally filmed uh, in 2007. Then, for some reason, it just got kept getting kicked down the line. Apparently, Soft 4 was coming out the same year. Since the same studio did both, they didn't want to have competing films in theaters. So they kicked Trick or Treat down the line. And then it just kept getting kicked down the line that eventually it just got bounced around to a couple different film festivals. It also got played at San Diego Comic-Con. Then it went straight to video. Oh, that's such a shame, too. No, I know. I would have loved to see this movie in the theater. Yeah. I mean, I mean, specifically remembering back then, I don't remember seeing any, like, trailers for it or anything. I remember just being in the movie store and all of a sudden seeing this on the shelves. I'm like, what is this? This seems interesting. And that's what drove me to actually want to watch it. I don't ever really remember hearing anything about it. Not, back then, none of my friends were really mentioning it. It didn't have a lot of following for, you know, the group I was in or any of my friends were really talking about it. So I didn't really hear anything about it. And you don't really see a lot of movies that kind of do what it did, where you go straight to video and then it gets a huge following. There are movies where they get huge followings once they've been released in the theater and they get critical reception. But this is, yeah, this is different. And I feel like this is the perfect Halloween film. There are horror movies, but then there are movies that just like encapsulate Halloween. And this is, this is it. For well, sure. And Sam is just so cute. I want to point out, because I mean, there are people that listen to this that don't know the movies when they're listening to it. Trick or Treat is all about the town of Warren Valley, Ohio, and how they celebrate the holiday of Halloween. It is an anthology movie, so that means it's about multiple different storylines that occur in the same night. The four stories, which don't include the opening slash ending, are The Principal, The Halloween School Bus Massacre, Surprise Party, and then finally, Sam. Those are the titles of the four sections of the film. They're all interconnected in some way, uh, mainly by our sweet little sack boy named Sam. Now... <laughs> We all love Sam. I'm wearing a hat right now with Sam on it. We have our Sam Funko Pop right over there. Me and Steven both have it. Liz, I know you said Sam is so cute. Describe Sam to us. So Sam is our cute little pumpkin boy who has a sack over his head with two little button eyes and a smile. He has an orange jumpsuit on, and then he has a cute little sucker that he bites into and like slashes people with. Yeah, he's got little feety pajamas on, uh, and he's just dragging around a little bag of candy. And I love that he actually was played by a kid, because yeah, he was a seven-year-old kid that played him. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Sam it's... is a legitimate kid. And it's really cool, because he feels like a kid, even though he's yeah. like 7,000 years old. Like he's, yeah. he's like the So for those who don't know, he's the embodiment and the spirit of Samhain, or Halloween, or the essence of you know All Hallows' Eve. And he is uh, enforcing the rules of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love um, his name, Sam. The director got it from Samhain is spelled like S-A-M-H-A-I-N. So Sam, Samhain. So it's just cute. Oh, I did not know that. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Yep. Yeah. And then also, once we get talking about the film, there's that scene where the girls are dressing in the changing rooms. And the little boy that's looking through the changing room doors, he's actually the actor that plays Sam in the film. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) We're going to break down this movie, uh, not bit by bit. We're going to be doing it based on the segments that I just listed. So this movie intercuts all those scenes. Not too terribly where it's kind of jumpy, but it does pretty much stay with each of the plot points pretty well. It does kind of cut some other scenes in there, but it does do a pretty good job of doing that. So we're going to go bit by bit through those four segments plus the opening slash ending. But a little bit about the movie itself. Sam was created by the director, Michael Doherty, uh, when he was in film school. Uh, He just drew little drawings of him because he said that Christmas always had an icon, but why did Halloween not have an icon? So he created Sam. He first showed up in his 1996 animated short, Seasons Greetings. We all watched this short. It looks like it was shot in 1996. It's cool (laughs) because it looks like it's something like colored pencil. It's like three minutes. It's on the Blu-ray if you watch it. 
But I, it's, it's a cute little short. I'm surprised that they made a movie out of it, but I'm glad they did. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I was so worried when Sam went into, like, the alley, and you're like, oh, no, Sam's getting beat up. But it was actually, you know, Sam the one that put the guy in his little sack and then dragged him out. Well, having seen, you know, Trick or Treat, before seeing that little short video, I was like, oh, God, what is Sam doing to him? Because I know it's not <laughs> ending well for that guy that's one after yeah. Sam. I mentioned earlier the rules of Halloween. So... Liz and Steven, do you know the rules of Halloween? No, not all of them. And since it's coming up on Halloween, I should know them. (laughs) Yeah, Liz, do you know them all? I think so. Um, Always check your candy, right? Don't blow out the candles and the pumpkin. Before midnight, that's a big... Before midnight, yeah. You can blow them out. You don't have to burn your house down, but don't blow them out (laughs) You're like, oh my God, (laughs) yeah. Um, And then... You want me to keep going? Because there's there's a lot of them. Yes. All right, so the one she just said, always check your candy and never blow out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight. Always hand out candy to trick-or-treaters. Mm-hmm. Always wear a costume. Always respect the dead. Never take down your decorations before November 1st. Hmm. And this one, I feel like in the movie they kind of play fast and loose with it, but never hurt the innocent. Yeah, just because of... true, because mm-hmm. of the the um yeah. the surprise, but yeah. yeah. But, you know, that one's... We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so Sam is the protector of those rules. And he will enforce those rules any means necessary. Um, Sam's powers include immortality, regeneration, wall crawling, necromancy, summoning of the dead, mm-hmm. teleportation, telekinesis, super strength, possession, and magic. And there's like a ton listed on his like Wikipedia page, but that is most of them. So I'll talk about when they bring those up in the movie. Yeah. What's kind of cool about this movie is that it was filmed in 40 days. Wow, that's fast. Especially with how intricate everything is. Like, that's nuts. It looks like a fun set where they're like goofing around. Uh, Mike is jumping around scaring people. Hmm. It just seems like fun. Yeah, that's nice to see that a director, you know, treats their actors and staff well. Yeah, that's always key. Yeah. Um, it was his first movie that he directed. He had written uh, X-Men 2, I believe, and also Superman Returns. But he, this okay. is his first movie he wrote and directed. So. Wow, knocked it out of the ballpark. Great first film then. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. wow. That's that's a great entry. And then he's he hasn't really directed much since. He directed Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. So he's, he had a high and a low. Yep, that's true. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it happens. But you can just feel this movie, he's having fun with this project. Like, he's paying homage to so many horror movies. There's references to The Thing, Halloween, The Changeling, The Howling, Pet Cemetery, Carrie, The Lost Boys. There are tons of references. One of my favorite references is that Krieg was actually designed to look like John Carpenter because Brian Cox requested it. Oh. Yeah. Didn't he have like a nose prosthetic and everything too? He had a nose prosthetic. Yep. And he had the hair. He said that he, he said that he liked his old little punk rock look. He said he looked like Jerry Garcia. So he decided <laughs> that he wanted to look like uh, John Carpenter, which I love John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as I said, this movie went straight to DVD and we talked about this, but reviews were great. It has an overall ranking based on my weird reviews that I do of 77.6%. That sounds about right, actually. Yeah, it's a good area to be Mm -hmm. in. Uh, Metacritic does not have a critic score, probably because it didn't go to the theater. Oh, yeah. This would have been a good time to bring it to theater, if possible. I mean, if the reels are available, but, you know, show people it in theater at this time. I feel like that'd be a kind of cool concept to see this in uh, drive-in or kind of like this. This could be a kind of movie like that where you could all get together and watch it. But it paces so well where it really does feel fresh and it doesn't feel like it's too campy or kitty or goofy but it also doesn't feel like it's too scary it does blend those elements so well and that's one of its charms why i love it so much uh, i always say this when we're talking about movies that you know there's storm jumping in <laughs> once per episode i always say this when people are listening to these episodes if you haven't seen this movie 
We're going to pause this, Liz, because Storm oh, sounds no, like he's depressed. So I always recommend, if you haven't seen the movie that we're talking about, go check it out. I think Trick or Treat, we can all agree. It's such a fun movie. I think everybody can watch pretty easily. Yeah, I'd say like maybe like 15, 16 plus. There's some gory aspects to it. But I think it's a pretty good movie to watch where it's just fun, holiday fun. It always gets me in the mood for Halloween. It just feels, like I said, like it feels like Halloween. We're all Midwest people. We're from Michigan. It just feels like a Midwestern Halloween where chili, leaves on the ground, pumpkins everywhere. People are trick-or-treating. And it takes place in Ohio, so it is like our little neighbors there. I want to ask you both before we get started, what is your favorite segment of the movie? Uh, For me, it is definitely Sam. Throughout the entire film, I just love watching his adventures and everything that he does. By far my favorite part. If I had to go with a second one, it would most likely be the principal. Yeah, those parts are great, but I personally really like the opening slash ending. And I really like the part with the girls, the surprise party. I think my favorite... I love Sam. That last segment with Krieg is great. But I laugh so hard at the principal in the beginning. It's one of my favorite scenes. I love... It's so funny. Yeah, I love Dylan Baker in that. He's great. The whole comedic aspect of that is so hilarious. And it just... That one's one of my favorites. But yeah, Sam in the whole movie just carries it. I think we can all agree that the school bus massacre makes us sad uh, for a reason. (laughs) No, No. too sad. (laughs) Too sad. We'll have to cover it. So the opening starts with some trick-or-treat guidelines that all ghosts and goblins should follow. It does say that. Mm -hmm. Always stay on the sidewalks. Never go to a stranger's house. And never go out alone. And then we're going right to the opening. Fast cut to Jack Leonard. Liz, this is your favorite part, so take it away. So we see this couple, and they're obviously coming back from a party. And the wife... (laughs) This is a trope in, like, horror that I kind of hate. It's, like, the overly bitchy wife. But she's like, oh, I want to take down all these Halloween decorations. And then she's about to blow out a candle. And the husband's like, hey, like, you can't do that. And she's like, why not? He's like, uh, ancient tradition. And she's like, whatever. And so she blows out the candle. And then she starts to take down all of the Halloween decorations. Oh, real quick. Yeah. I want to know if you know this. What is his costume supposed to be? Because she's an awesome box robot. No, is her he... costume's awesome. What is he? Is I, I don't he a know. gimp? He's got like a holster at one point. I'm like, I don't know what yeah. he is. I, I thought, thought he was a knight. A... Is he That's a space what I man? thought. No, but he's a, he's a holster. Yeah, I don't know what That's he's weird. supposed to be. Yeah. And then I do want to point out one of my favorite things is when you, you see through Sam's mask mm-hmm. uh, that she says she hates Halloween, and then you hear an audible gasp from Sam. Yes. Yep. Oh. And I, I love it. So anyways, continue. So yeah, she's yeah. taking on decorations, and he... He goes up to put on the, I like how it's called nature special. (laughs) There's the sex tape. Yep. (laughs) It's nature special. Their decor, by the way, if she hates Halloween, like her front yard is breathtaking. That's what I said. Like their decorations are insanely good. I love it. It's so, so cool. And like um, my husband and I, we went to Halloween Horror Nights in 2018 and they had a trick or treat house. And like you saw the whole front yard just like it is in the movie. And it was so epic. It was amazing. Oh, that's amazing. See, me oh, and Steven so cool. and my sister, we went to Halloween Horror Nights in 2019. Ooh. And we were upset that we didn't see uh, Trick or Treat or anything like that, but we got we got some pretty good ones. We got Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters was great, and there was Killer Clowns as well. Killer Clowns from our favorite. Nice. That's one of my favorite favorites. Also, Us was amazing, too. Shout out mm-hmm. to Us. Yes. Um, then you got Halloween 4, didn't you? Like, yes, we got Halloween 4. It was, aw- it was so good. There was so many Michaels and Loomis's, like... It was great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I must say, though, I'm super jealous of that trick-or-treat one, though. I didn't realize yeah. that they would have that at Universal, and that is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was a, such a great year. 
Yeah, that's not um, here. But anyways, back to this movie. Yeah, right. anyway. He's watching porn because yep. uh, she says they're going to sleep until noon. He'll play video games till four. And his mother-in-law is going to show up. Which yeah. sounds like a good afternoon to me. I wouldn't be complaining. <laughs> so yeah, she's taking down the decorations. And then she looks across the street and sees a person in a mask just standing there, staring at her. And it's like this really eerie, like, few seconds. And then you realize, oh, he just was waiting for his ride. He gets in the car. And she's like, oh, stop psyching yourself out. So then once that happens, she goes to put one of the sheets in a box. And the sheet comes up and just totally goes after her and then she's like wrapped in the in the sheet by some unknown what well, we know who it is by mm-hmm. some unknown f- force or she crawls out to the street in the sheet some kids stop by and then all of a sudden you see and you see a lollipop come up and a lollipop slit her throat and blood goes all over the sheet and the kids run away i love how steamy it is too like she just got her throat slit so it's like warm blood so then you just see the steam coming up off of the sheet as she's being dragged back to her yard yeah, it's a good attention to detail that they included. She gets dragged back and then cut to porn. Yeah. And the dude <laughs> right. is asleep. And he wakes up and he sees that she's not there. And he goes downstairs. And then again, you get to see the decorations one more time. And they just they still look great. But yeah, it's a little concerning that they're not cleaned up yet. Then you see one of the ghost decorations covered in lights. And it's like covered in blood. You see a shot of like her hand hanging from one of the trees because they had like limbs and stuff hanging from the trees as decoration and so her husband takes away the sheet and then you just see her bloody face and her mouth is a sucker stuffed into it and then it cuts to credits oh yeah then cut to credits and the credits are amazing with this epic title card sequence like looks like comic books yeah it showcases the entire storyline that we're gonna see the theme with the kids are like ah it's so good then we're cutting to a parade, and apparently in Warren Valley, Ohio, they take Halloween very seriously. It makes you actually want to go to Ohio. Yeah, I've never wanted to go to Ohio, but, you know. <laughs> Zing. Um, yeah, take that Ohio. You only have Cedar <laughs> Point, it. and that's it. <laughs> but they're doing a little parade, and one of my things that I love is that the news reporter, she's like, this is the night where werewolves, zombies, and demons all come to play, which is a nice little foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we go to our first segment of the night which is principal. Yeah, so one of the things I like with kind of like the opening credits to this movie is you see the, the candy bag getting dragged across the sidewalk and it's, you know, you don't really know what it is, but you see the principal in a shop. You actually catch a glimpse of him there. And then it pans to this kid knocking over pumpkins, still dragging his bag across the ground. He sees a house where, you know, there's a sign that says, please only take one. And he goes up and starts to try to grab a handful of candy. Not just that, he takes... The candy, like, holder. And, like, goes to put that in his bag. And then, one, uh, this kid's an asshole. Yes. What a jerk. Yeah. And then, if I'm his parents, I'm pissed because, like, you've ruined my best pillowcase. That's true, He's just dragging this pillowcase across the ground. Maybe it's not their best, but, like, I'd be like, we just ruined a pillowcase. Like, because we used to, I don't know about you, Liz, but we used to trick-or-treat with pillowcases. Yep, same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, like, one of the rules is, like, don't get it dirty. Right, yeah, because like you said, that's your mother's good pillowcase. Yes, especially my mom would say that in that voice too, because she was from Brooklyn. Of course. Um, and then I do love Wilkins. Prince Wilkins is one of my favorite characters because he just has like a bunch of zingers towards Charlie, this kid, because he's like, that candy can't be good for your diabetes. I know, I love yes. that part. I'm and like, oh. The kid's like trying to lie. He's like, don't waste a good lie on this. And then Charlie starts to leave and he's like, Sit down, Charlie. Because mm-hmm. no, he's, he's like still, just yeah. fed up. 
His delivery. Yeah, just like annoyed and being like, just sit down. And then they sit down and he pulls out a knife. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, it's for the pumpkin, not you. And starts carving just a horrible pumpkin. And we kind of talked about this in the beginning. He explains to Charlie, which is the kid, about the meaning of Halloween. And like, I was respecting the dead. Also, Rhonda does this too later. But like, how the dead roam free on Halloween with the living. And trick-or-treating is meant to be about tradition. Now, nobody cares. And... To his credit, he carves a horrible pumpkin, but acknowledges that it's a horrible pumpkin. Yes. And then, what was one of the rules in the list? Well, one of the rules that I'm always reminded of when it comes to this segment is don't hurt the innocent. And I'm just like, mm. no, this kid's not innocent. He's knocking over pumpkins. He's disrespecting Halloween. He's smashing pumpkins. He's stealing candy. What about the one in the grave? Well, we haven't got that yet. <laughs> we don't know what they did. Um, but one of the rules is always check your candy because this kid throws up. So much chocolate. Oh my god. I, I just love how that sequence just goes and goes and keeps going for a good second. He just keeps around. I'm like, oh, this is so gross, but it's pretty funny too, he actually. empties his entire body of chocolate. And fun little fact, it was actually chocolate, and it was pumped out of a little tube, and you could eat it. And the director oh, ate it and said, it so wasn't too gross. bad. Oh, no, yeah. I could imagine seeing um, that. But this kid... This kid starts throwing up chocolate. I love that Wilkins is trying to say trick or treat, but he can't get it out because this kid just keeps like reg- like gurgling up chocolate <laughs> yeah. and dumping it. And it's like it's flooding down the stairs. It is like the gross, the sound effects. I have oh. to plug my ears during that scene. I can't listen to it. It's yeah, so gross. Such a good job with that. This whole mm-hmm. movie does an amazing job with sound design. I think it's one of the really underappreciated elements of movies in general and filmmaking that and stunt performing is super underappreciated but like the sound elements this movie i'll bring up a lot later on with a lot of other scenes is so good because you guys are right the gurgling and like the puking and everything is it just sounds so gross and so realistic realistic. and yeah and then this kid just dies and then my favorite (laughs) scene where wilkins is trying to pull the kid (laughs) in the house and the kid is still he's dead but he's still like puking up chocolate yeah and it's all over his shirt and then is like oh my god and like trying to pull this kid in and he's a big kid he's yeah. he's hefty yeah and so he's trying to pull this kid in and he's struggling and like there's chocolate and blood everywhere and the kid just falls on the ground and then kids at the door go trick-or-treat and he's like just a minute yep because like you could just you can just feel this just his annoyance with this situation now that he got himself into uh, he gives the kids candy, and the kids ask for his jack lantern. He says, you kids aren't going to smash it now, are you? And they say it's for UNICEF, and he says he's all for good causes. He's got blood all over his shirt. And the kid looks up at him scared, as you would be. And then in the creepiest way possible, Principal Wilkins to a kid that probably goes to his school. Mm-hmm. She's like, happy Halloween. And then we get to see the first shot of Sam. Because Sam is one of the trick-or-treaters. Oh, that's right, yeah. And oh, he I goes, you didn't card. get any? And he puts out his basket, he puts out a little bucket, and Sam grabs the biggest chocolate bar in the basket, mm-hmm. and then walks away, and as he drags his bag, you hear like a, like a noise? Like the bag makes a noise. Yeah. And then Sam just walks away, and then the door closes, and then we see just a shit ton of poison and cyanide on this desk because Principal Wilkins has been injecting candy with cyanide. Yes, I remember vividly seeing all the like the chemicals and everything on that i'm like wow he is a little cuckoo for cocoa puffs yeah and then he <laughs> drags his body to the backyard and again another part about how this movie blends horror and comedy so well we just watched this kid die and he's getting buried in his backyard and 
Principal Wilkins's kid, Billy, is back from trick-or-treating and is just yelling from the window, like, I'm back from trick-or-treating! I want to carve a pumpkin! You help me with the eyes! And then Wilkins is like, go inside and watch Charlie Brown. And I think we all have... This probably is our favorite line. Yes. yes. That's so good. He just goes... The kid <laughs> says, Charlie Brown's an asshole. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's in the grave. He's like, shh, shh, stop yelling. Stop. And the kid keeps yelling. I'm like, oh, this is just hilarious. No, it's like, you definitely feel like the tension. Like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to get caught while he's <laughs> yep. trying to bury these bodies. Yeah, it's not so he's kid. in a grave. Yeah. And then he says to go back inside and we'll carve the pumpkin in a bit and then the neighbor dog is barking wilkins cuts the dead kid's finger off with the shovel and then throws the finger to play fetch <laughs> i love how his first response to a dog barking is like oh i'll give it a finger that should work like yeah, that's not that's, that's not gonna not... cause any suspicion whatsoever yeah. like you're taking a risk throwing a, a severed finger into your neighbor's yard for the dog to play with krieg we don't know that right now but this old man comes outside and he's like spike get in here you done taking a shit? And then, and then the kid is still alive in the grave. So the kid's like wiggling around. One of the kids, not the one that we just watched die, but he's like wiggling around. And Krieg goes another great line. I got an NRA membership in my pocket and a shotgun on the fireplace. Mm-hmm. And then Wilkins is like, uh, it, "It's me, Mr. Krieg." <laughs> and then he asks if Wilkins is burying a body, and he says it's a septic tank. Which, good one. Yeah. And then. <laughs> Do you, uh, do you want to take what Krieg says to him after that? Do I don't remember? remember the exact line. I remember close to it, but... It smells like a dead whore. That's what I thought it was. I wanted to make sure, yeah. yeah. I love that entire like uh, back and forth between them. Everything about that is just hilarious. Oh, and then Krieg goes back <laughs> in the house. Wilkins, again, says, Happy Halloween, because he's trying to keep Halloween alive. And Krieg says, Screw you. Yeah, I love that. He's just a grumpy old man next door. And then he says, Keep your kid out of my yard. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a little Which fun because it's not spooky, his kid. spooky. Yeah, it's not it's his not. kid. <laughs> it's somebody else that we know and love. Um, and then the kid calls down again, Billy, and says, "We need to cut the jack o' lantern. I need help with the eyes." Wilkins says he's going to the parade because he has a date, and suggests that he makes caramel apples like Daddy used to make. And I just, I love, I love their interaction. If we've all been with kids before. And we understand when kids can just be annoying and they mm-hmm. won't just let it go. So he's And then he's like in the grave burying the kid. And he's like, going to carve a jack-o'-lantern. Want to go to the parade. I miss mommy. This, but So he's just like annoyed know, to just, a T. Oh, yeah, I, I yeah. just felt that pain. <laughs> I just He does such a good job portraying his annoyance in that entire sequence. Mm-hmm. Also, do we think that he killed the wife? I thought about that too. I did too, actually. I'm, yeah. I'm, honestly, I would not be surprised if he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this dude's straight sociopathic. Yes. So. Then Krieg is begging for help by the window when he's going back inside, mm-hmm. and he's in his house, like, slamming the door, and Wilkins says back to him, screw you, and he goes inside. One of the things I really like about that scene, too, is that it, it jumps a little bit of time because he has his grave filled and there's a tree planted, so it shows that he did spend some time out there filling the grave and planting that tree to cover the bodies, and that comes back into effect later on. That's a good point, too. Timing-wise, it does really add up, but... Now they got to go inside because he already promised his kid you got to carve a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. So he grabs this big old knife. They go to the basement. The kid is down there. I love the walls. They have like old Halloween masks on the wall. When you're walking down in the basement, they're just like hanging there. And I, oh, yeah, yeah. I think it just lends to the fact that this dude is trying to be the flag bearer for Halloween and like res- show respect for this holiday and Samhain and everything. The kid wants to carve a scary face this time. Mm-hmm. And Wilkins just pulls this knife up 
and is like holding his kid's head and the knife is like up in the air and he goes scary face it is and just slams the knife down and i know when i first saw this and i'm sure y'all thought the same it's like did he just kill another kid i, I remember seeing it i'm like Wait, he he definitely just killed this kid, but it it can't be that. It can't be that simple. And like, but it made it. It was so convincing that he did because he pulls the knife up and there's blood on there, and then there's like no sound from his kid. Yeah, just kidding though. They're just carving the head of the boy that uh, they killed earlier. So it just got a good old family of two psychos there now. No, I love the kid's delivery, like his little like smirky smile, and he's like, "Don't forget to help me with the eyes." It's oh. so, oh, it's so creepy. Yes, yeah, that is such a creepy moment. I'm like, so oh good. man, he's raised, he's raised a junior one, and mm-hmm. I mean that does come back because one of my favorite scenes is when the kid is just sitting on the front porch, handing out candy at the end, and he's dressed up as his dad, bloody shirt and all, mm-hmm. handing out poison candy. <laughs> Smash cut to the kids who just ask for his pumpkin. Because now we're going into the Halloween school bus massacre. Yep. Uh, Turns out they're not for UNICEF. <laughs> no, they're not. Um, they're going around just grabbing all the pumpkins from all the houses. A uh, fun fact: they had about over three hundred pumpkins on this set, which I think is pretty oh, cool. Oh, that's awesome! No, it's so gorgeous. Like this whole movie just feels like Halloween, and like the pumpkins on Rhonda's like front yard, and then like when even when Anna Paquin is walking through the woods, you see like pumpkins lining the road. Oh, I love it's that shot. It's just awesome. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think my favorite shot is in front of Rhonda's house, and she has like dozens of carved pumpkins, each one different. I'm like, God, that looks so cool. Yeah, but we're yeah. not there yet because the kids who are dressed up oh. as an angel, a pirate, and the oh, coolest God. alien costume I've ever seen Yeah. Uh, go to Mrs. Henderson house, oh, yes. and <laughs> she's in a cat costume, and she is just like typically probably us nowadays just drunk off her ass yep and she's she, feeling herself <laughs> i mean literally metaphorically she's feeling herself because she's like shaking her ass and she offers the kids a drink it says it'll be our little secret they're uh, like 12 like, yeah, they're like 12 and dude. they're like one girl goes yeah and then yeah. the girl's like uh no and then it shows the background shot of like all you assume they're teachers just dancing having a good time yeah uh they ask for the pumpkins they get them and then they leave and then one of our favorite lines. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the ones that's, that stands out the most for me. It's when the kid is like, I, you know, I don't know what I just saw, but I think I saw Coach Taylor was in a hot dog costume, but fucking a pig. I can't be sure. <laughs> I'm like, I, I die every single time I listen to that line. I just love that one. Because, I mean, to be fair, we do see a guy in a hot dog costume, like, humping a pig. Yeah, it's like, what is going on at this party? Yeah, because next, next to him there's another costume that's hitting a bong, and I'm like, what is going on at this party right now? Yeah, it Sounds like a great party. <laughs> it's just all over the place. <laughs> Tying from the story before, they meet up with their friend, Schroeder, I believe his name is, and he says he couldn't get a lot of pumpkins because some asshole smashed them all. Yep, another tie in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then we go to Rhonda's house, like you said, and Rhonda's house, it's actually supposed to be like a little homage to Carrie, and kind of her story is kind of a little bit of Carrie, too. Yeah, but, I could see that for sure. Yeah, and they they call her the R word. Not a fan of using that. Uh, yeah, that's outdated I, there. But yeah, uh, I wrote that in my notes. Mm-hmm. I was like, ouch. Well, they I think they call her that, and one of the kids is like she's not. She's an she's idiot, an idiot savant. savant. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I remember catching <laughs> that. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting you know kind of change for it. Instead yeah. of just having the kids be like, oh, she's that. And, you know, they kind of correct it. I'm like, all right, I appreciate that. Yeah, I love Rhonda. She is so sweet. She just loves Halloween. She loves carving pumpkins, mm-hmm. and it, you you can kind of tell that they're doing something a little strange because she's like, okay, you deal with her. And Schroeder goes up to Rhonda, and Rhonda's sitting there with a pumpkin, and he says, I love your house. And she says, I carved all my pumpkins, and I made my witch costume myself. Mm-hmm. 
No, I love her awkward delivery. And when he's like, I'm Schroeder, or she goes, Rhonda. <laughs> and it's yeah. just so good. She pushes up her glasses while she's saying her name. And I just think that's so endearing and sweet. And then she just discusses what Samhain is to the pirate boy. And talks about how they used to have human sacrifice. And then there's an awkward pause. And then she says, I like your eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they're walking towards uh, the rock quarry. Macy, the girl in the angel costume, which is kind of funny because she's not really very angelic. Oh, she's such a brat. Is, oh, she's, she's such a brat. Half. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, can't you just let me tell this story? Because she's like, <laughs> the other girl's like, oh, is this where this happened? She's like, be quiet. Let me do it. So she talks about how there's this group of kids that were on a bus and it was the group of kids that were sent out to a special school out of town because their parents were kind of ashamed of them. She talks about how one Halloween, all the kids, you see them all in their costumes. And so you see the bus driver and then he starts to turn. And then one of the sweet little, the sweet little vampire boy is like, wrong way, wrong way, because he was counting the streets. And then you know something's wrong because this little boy is just not okay. And then Macy keeps telling the story about how the parents wanted their kids to be taken care of. So they came together and they gave the bus driver a big sum of money to basically kill their children. And before he can drive the bus off of the cliff, he checks all of their chains. And then you see the little vampire boy get out of his chains and then drive the bus straight off of the cliff. And of course, the bus driver survives. But then all of the other kids die. Um, let, let's give him some credit. He was nice enough to, you know, try to pass out some candy to the kids before <laughs> driving them off the cliff, all right? No, he, he didn't want to drive them off the cliff. He just was going to leave the bus there. <laughs> I want to break down this plan because, one, this movie is not afraid to kill a crap ton of kids. Yeah. Two, we do see Sam. He's playing with a dead bird. Yeah, I remember that, that flashback. So like they, yeah, he, they drive past Sam and he's there. With a dead, yeah, I like, how, I like how Liz said... He's so cute. He's just yeah, he's like playing with a dead crow. Yeah. Um, but what was their parents' plan? Because, yeah, the kids are chained up in the bus. And they're like, you know what? They all got together and like a school board meeting or something. And we're like, you hit your kids too? So do I. And yep. all the parents were like, let's just let our kids get killed. In I, a very bad way. We're going to chain them to a chair and drive them into a lake. Yeah. Like... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if they were supposed to go in the lake. I think because he like acts like he wasn't supposed to jump in the lake. Like so, I don't know if they were just gonna sit there and rot and die. Oh, I have yeah. no idea. I do love the shot because it's excellent. Because once the bus goes off the cliff, it goes silent, and then you see like the sun and like this beautiful like shot, and then it just pans straight down, and the bus is like bubbling and sinking in the water. It is such good filmmaking. It adds the suspense, and you're like, okay, this story just got darker than it ever had gotten. Yeah, and then the the masks float up to the surface. The bus yep. driver floats up. He's wheezing, and he he was never seen again. Yeah, and then uh, the reason why Macy took them there was to honor the dead by giving them each a jack-o'-lantern, like eight jack-o'-lanterns for the eight kids. The thing that really stands out to me is their masks on the bus. Some of them look like yes. truly scary. I'm like, man, these are these would actually like be a great costume in general. Yeah, those are awesome costumes. <laughs> yeah, like they did really, did, really did a good job on those. I do love looking back yeah. at like old costumes from like the forties and fifties where they had like paper mache masks, and you're like, those are haunting. They're, yeah, they're, they're horrifying. They're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do, do a better job than today. Right. 
so yeah, they plan to leave the pumpkins at the bottom of the rock quarry to honor the dead. They, they show the rock quarry before and after, and it looks, in the before shot, it looks nice, open, yeah. beautiful shots, landscapes, and then they show it afterwards, and it's like foggy and dark, gross and decrepit, and it, it just looks wonderful. Fun fact, too, if you can look somewhere, you can see Christine, the evil car from Stephen King. Oh, shut up. Really? That's awesome. mm-hmm. It's somewhere in there. So they take this rickety elevator down. Uh, I love the shot when the elevator comes up and you're from behind the bars and you're looking at the kids. Another great shot there. The first group goes down, and it's three of them, yep. which is the angel... Schroeder, who is, I don't know what he's supposed to be, and then the awesome alien guy. Yes, so they go down, <laughs> and they're like, no one else can fit. You know, Rhonda and the pirate, you guys have to stay up there, and we'll send it back for you. Uh, you do hear a wolf howl. Yes, you do. Yeah, because Rhonda says werewolves, specifically. Yep. Yeah, Rana and the pirate eventually go down in the elevator after that, and then you start hearing all these screams, and you start to see some of the pumpkins go out, and it's super foggy, you can't really see anything. They open up the elevator, and Rana's like, stay here. She goes, you know, very brave, because Adam, I'm like, all right, I'm going back up. She starts to walk forward and try to investigate what's going on, and that's when something grabs her leg, and you believe that it's one of the kids from the school bus massacre. And she starts getting chased around by that one. And then two others join in on chasing her. And then she eventually trips over a rock and hits her head. I do want to say a couple things. I do love her line when she goes to protect him. Because she says, okay, stay here. She hands him a pumpkin and says, don't let those candles go out. They'll protect you. Oh, yeah. And then the sound design here too, as I said earlier, is so good. Because you hear creaks. You hear like little moans. Oh, it's the whispers in the fog. Mm-hmm. That's it's horrifying. Yeah. And then as a f- glasses wearer myself, I always feel bad. Oh my gosh, yeah. When, when she drops her glasses. And then someone steps on them. And I know yes. from like as a kid, that was like, that was like mm-hmm. my biggest fear because like I know glasses are expensive and she's so helpless without glasses. She's like a Velma thing. And I learned that from watching Scooby-Doo <laughs> and it was like, I felt so bad there. More so than getting chased by zombies. It was like, well, now she can't see. I, I right. mean, to be fair, I, I still feel that pain if someone would step on my glasses now. <laughs> like you said, they are expensive. But, yeah, I mean, my perspective watching the movie, you know, 12, 13 years ago, I was just thinking, like, man, these, kill- these kids pulled off an extreme prank. Yeah, because it is a prank. She wakes up, and the kids are... Well, yeah, like she's she's like starting to fade, and you hear uh, Schroeder, and he's like, oh, shit. And you're like... Wow, those little a-holes pulled a prank. I did skip over one part, and, you know, she's running around, running away from the zombies, breaks her glasses, but makes it back to the elevator to see the pirate, and it looks like he's been disemboweled. He's got red paint all over his face and what looks like intestines on his stomach. And it looks decent enough where, at first glance, you're like, oh, man, something actually happened to him. Well, her first glance is without glasses, so she's like, shit, this dude looks like he's dead. Rhonda's freaking out when she wakes up. And yeah, Schroeder's like, we're done here. And then Macy's like, why? It's <laughs> like, we're done because... And he goes, he says this, he's like, she's scared out of her mind. Like, yeah, what else do you have to plan? She's scared. Y'all are a-holes. The pumpkins are down here. We're going home. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what you what else you'd want to do, but that would scare me. That stuff they had. They did such a good job on just having everything prepared down there and... I get that it's horrible, especially the person that you're playing on, but if you're 
playing on, you know, just me, I would commend them on a, a good setup they had for it. <laughs> it's um, so elaborate. I feel yeah. like kids don't really do that, so it's just like, wow, they really committed. <laughs> I, I know myself back in the day would not be able to go with something like that, yeah. so. <laughs> I think a cool part, though, is that you do see the bus in the water. Yes, yeah, you do. The pirate asks Mason, he goes, what's with the bus? And she goes, oh, that part was true. So the story is true. And then all of a sudden you start to hear more whispers and she goes, what? And he goes, I didn't say anything. And then you start to hear whispers and laughing and things. And then real zombies show up. Mm -hmm. Oh, and they're really nasty and they're really scary. They pulled that girl, the the alien girl, rest in peace. She gets pulled (laughs) by like her chains that she had rattling around and like it's yanked into the darkness. And then you hear her get eaten. That is one of my favorite scenes though. Because it's so cool. She's running and she's got the chains dragging behind her. All of a sudden she's yanks. And I couldn't imagine how much that would hurt. And then she's getting dragged into the fog. I'm like, wow, that was such a good shot. Yeah, then Rhonda is in the elevator. They're pleading for her to open the door. And Rhonda, don't play your shit. Mm. Because Rhonda <laughs> lets the door shut and rides the elevator up. I'm always confused, though, about why the kids wouldn't just grab onto the elevator. That's exactly what I said uh, when I was watching this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why didn't... They... I would have held on for dear life. <laughs> All you have to do is step under it as it's slightly over, grab on the floor bottom, and you'll ride it back up, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see an awesome elevator shot. Of it gets to the top. The pumpkin's the only thing lit. You hear the elevator slam, and then you start hearing screams, some eating noises, and then mm-hmm. silence. Oh, it's so gross. And like you said, the sound in this film is so good because you can hear all the crunching and the squish, and oh, it's so gross. Yeah, they do a very good job with that whole sequence as she's riding the elevator back up to the top point, And then it's just, yeah, you, you can imagine what's happening to him down there. Well, it happens, and Sam is there, and Sam approves. Sam's uh, like, good job. <laughs> and now he has a big old bag of candy, and he just goes check out the rock quarry. I, I like that moment where, like, Rhonda and Sam kind of pass each other, and it's just like a kind of a mutual, like, passing by. Basically. Yeah. Well, uh, a kind of a fun... I brought this up before we talked. Um, apparently, Sam possesses Rhonda at that point. And that's why she just leaves and lets them die. And she goes on her merry way. Because he is helping her get back at them. Because, again, don't hurt the innocent. And she is the most innocent of them all. And those kids were doing that. And they were also disrespecting the dead. Yeah. So double whammy. And so Sam's like, y'all gotta pay. Rhonda's gonna be my little uh, surrogate body for the time being and yeah she she rides away first few times i watched that movie that should have been a little bit better explained that sam was possessing her if he was because to me it always stuck out like man either she a believed that it was still a prank and was just done with it and left or b she actually kind of wanted some vengeance and wanted to leave them there to die and that one always the the latter always stuck out to me like that's very dark for what i think rod's character is I think the explanation at the end, uh, knowing that Sam possessed her, doesn't do much to the story. I think you're right. Just leaving it be like she's either so easy going with it and she goes, you know what, maybe there's definitely another prank. I don't really care. And they deserve this. Or, she, yeah, she's getting vengeance. Mm-hmm. Like you said, either way it works. But now we're moving on because we're on to the surprise party. This is the part that pretty much sticks out to me every single time I watch this movie is that there are people that are just packed in this store at the beginning of the movie that are all shopping for a costume on Halloween night. Like, who waits until Halloween night to find their costume? It's like a Toys R Us on Christmas. Yeah, I mean, we start planning our Halloween costume in September, and you have all these people like, oh, last-minute costume shopping. Like, I think it would have been better if it was, like, just the four of them in the store alone to kind of show, like, they're from out of town trying to get a last-minute costume. There's these four girls. They are in the store, 
we're getting sexy close-ups of them putting on costumes. And they're describing that last year they were in Tampa as sexy nurses. And the year before that, they were in San Diego as sailors. And they ended up with sailors. And they want to make a joke like, you were with a girl. And she says, it doesn't matter if it was a woman because, and this is my favorite delivery, because she has a nice ass. And like, <laughs> the way she says it, it's like, okay. And then she says, it all tastes the same, which, gross. Yes. <laughs> Which is so, like, all of the little quips that they have, like, it all tastes the same. And when the sister is like, oh, come on out, I'll huff and I'll puff. Yeah. Like, it's just, oh, it's perfect. Because they are they are playing all fairy tale characters this year. They go and spend $230 on these costumes. Mm-hmm. What is the, the cash register person? He, Sorry. He makes a joke about double Ds. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so awkward. Oh, man. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> But it works. I mean, he picks her up. One girl, Danielle, she says, you know, we're having a party later. I need a date. And what time do you get off? And he kind of says, oh, it's early because it's Halloween. She says, all right, see you there at, like, Sheep's Hollow, mm-hmm. which I think is another cool thing. Yes. They're going. Yeah. Wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, but what is it? Is he an elf? I yeah, I don't know. So. He, he just has the ears and, like, a, and green, like a green vest. Right. And... Which, if he's doing the whole, like, Christmas elf thing, that is one of my biggest pet peeves. Do not dress up as another holidays character. No Easter Bunny, Chandler from Friends. Mm-hmm. No Santa Claus or anything like that. Be spooky. Be goofy in other movie things, but don't mm-hmm. be like, oh, I'm Uncle Sam or I'm. Nope. Those are other holidays. Yes. They stick with their own thing. So that guy, he deserves what's coming to him because he's an elf. <laughs> right. They're walking outside and they say Lori's a virgin at 22. She's called the Run to the Litter. Yes, I've, that's the one that mm-hmm. always stuck out to me the most. Mm hmm. And I love that these girls are like, oh, we're so good at picking up men. And her pickup line to the two guys putting equipment into the van is, that's some big equipment. <laughs> yeah, she's like, hmm, that's, uh, that's a good one there. Smooth. Yeah. I mean, they're very attractive women, so they really don't have to try that hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they could like, read like an ingredients panel and they'd still pick those guys up to be yeah, honest that's very sure. true yeah because yeah, um wh- what i thought was really cute was like the little the sister's like oh please don't say it she's like i just want my first time to be special yeah so you think that they're just trying to hook up that sequence like it, it's really misleading for you too yeah well mm-hmm. let me get a scene where there's a masked man making out with this girl and they're in an alley and oh they're goodness. getting hot and heavy and she looks down and she's bleeding and he shows his fangs and she starts running she gets caught up in the parade and then we see the robot and the gimp knight space cowboy man. <laughs> yes. And he goes, oh, don't talk to her, honey. She's she's drunk. And she's like, please help me, help me, because she's bloody. And she looks around, and she's all these other bloody people. Mm-hmm. And then she slowly turns around, and there is our right masked there. killer. And then it, like he waves his cape. She screams, and then it cuts to her being dead on the ground. I always thought that transition was super cool. She's leaned right up against the wall with four other people that are just, like, passed out drunk. Perfect hiding spot, basically. No, it's legit the perfect cover. And can I just say, my friends and I thought this guy was ridiculously hot in high school because of his piercing blue eyes. Uh, Yeah, his eyes are... Yes, stand and out. the reveal later makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> I was going to ask you, how do you feel? I swear that's not the same person. It can't be. No, it is horrifying. You can hear his voice. It's the same voice. Oh, it is the just... same voice. No, I was horrified. We were <laughs> we were aghast. We're like, no, it can't be. It was right, so well, bad. But yeah, we'll find out later who that man is. Then it shows like this buffish shit Viking warrior woman when Lori's like trying to pick up a man. I love and... her. I oh, do too. That, okay, you know what? If I had a body like that, I'm showing it off like that, too. Uh, and then, sure. uh, it's no, it's quick in the background, there is the best costume ever, which is 
horse head, horse ass. Yes. And the couple's like hanging out as like the both sides of a horse. Vampire's now checking out Lori. They call all each other, and yep. Danielle has a date for her and says, He's really nice. And it literally pans to a man baby, a literal man baby, asleep. And Lori goes, Great, so he's hideous. Yes, Which, I love that. I love the delivery. They hang up, and then the elf guy is shown like kissing Danielle. And she goes, Not now, Andrew. And he goes, It's Josh. And she says, Whatever. <laughs> no, I love the role reversal of that. I think that's so great. She's walking and she's like, hey, I know you're out there. Like, come on out. And then it's the the vampire man. And he grabs her and he's like, my, what big eyes you have. And then it cuts to her screaming and then it cuts to the party that the other girls are at. All of a sudden we see a body fall from the tree. Yeah, it has the cape, the red cape. And they rush over and they open it up and it's just the vampire in the robe. And he is beat to shit Mm -hmm. asking for help. And Lori walks out like a boss. Yeah, and I just like how she like walks out and she's like, yeah, it took a little bit. He bit me. You told me to play hard to get. And I was like, oh, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the one girl goes up to him and takes out his fake teeth and takes off the mask. And Liz, do oh, you God. want to tell us who this sexy <laughs> okay. vampire man is? He is not sexy at all. It's the principal. It's the creep principal from the beginning of the film. Okay, I do I love can't. that his, his delivery is like... It's Stephen Wilkins. <laughs> no, what's yes. your name? It's Stephen Wilkins. That's <laughs> yeah. so good. And then he looks around all scared, and every dude from earlier is dead, including... Hot dog. Hot dog, man. <laughs> Horny no. hot dog boy is yep. dead in the field. Yep, he is. I, I specifically remember seeing his costume stand. I'm like, no way. Coach is dead. Coach is dead. Well, he <laughs> butt-fucked too many people, and he's getting it. And he tries to run. His bone is like... The yeah. gore is amazing because it's like sticking out of his leg and you hear cracking. Lori comes over all sexy. She says, I'm nervous. And it's her first time, so bear with me. She like sits on his lap. And then we're kicking off with some Marilyn Manson. Oh, Sweet so dreams good. are made of these. Oh, it's it's it so is. good. Yeah, that's the perfect song for that sequence. And then we kick off a werewolf stripping scene where they're ripping off their clothes and their skin yeah she like the one that gets me is like she slices the back of her yeah. neck and like rips it off yeah i think that's uh her sister danielle who's actually getting her back sliced and then ripped off and i'm like oh that's so gross and looking. the werewolves look amazing it's all it's practical facts with a little bit of cg to enhance stuff but it is it looks so good i want to say the guy who did it stop studios did the werewolf design and they did the werewolves as slash lichens in the underworld movies Oh, that's awesome. Uh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And there was mm-hmm. one animatronic werewolf, and uh, it looks dope, too. Wilkins gets eaten alive by Lori. Sam is there on a mm-hmm. log, and he approves. Oh, he's so sweet. Uh, yeah, he's I just, just love that there. the camera pans, <laughs> and he's just sitting there chilling like, oh, okay, he's, he's good with it. Watching these werewolves eat these people alive. And then, cool transition is that his head slowly fades into the orange moon. Oh. And then we're cutting into the last shot, which is earlier, and we're going to the final scene. But mm-hmm. here's my biggest complaint. So these women shred their literal skin. There's a part mm-hmm. where she like rips her boot off and foot. It's that part gross. That one, yeah. Oh, she awesome. rips the skin off of her leg. I'm like, oh god. Yeah, it's awesome, but it's gross. Um, how do they put the skin back on? I, I think once after the full moon, or if if they only transform at Halloween, they probably just shed the fur and then it's normal skin again. I remember thinking like, well, Danielle has a tattoo on her back. Does that grow back, or how does that work exactly? 
That's a very interesting point. So I'm like, yeah. I think that like once they're done with their transformation, which is actually later on that night, as it turns out, they mm-hmm. look almost normal. So I think they kind of like they just shed the fur and they're back to human. Yeah. And what I really like about that um, scene too is just like how usually like werewolf transformations are so painful, but for these women, it's just like, like work. Like they just... You know, they're becoming their true selves, and it's like, oh, just be yourself. And it's almost no, like just... empowering. Not exactly. That, no, it I love feels it. orgasmic because they're mm-hmm. enjoying the hell out of themselves. No, it's and... awesome. I specifically remember this scene above everyone else when I first watched this movie. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Because it really did not occur to me, like, oh my god, this is like a werewolf pack that's about to like eat people. I had no idea what was going on. I did not see that twist coming at all. And then. All of, like, the wolf puns from the previous line started, like, clicking. I'm like, oh, man, they yep. do that so well. It's done very well. I completely agree. We got a finale going, folks, because this is Sam. Sam starts off with kids approaching the house. The door opens after, like, five bolts unlock, and the kids run away, and they get scared because yeah, there's a werewolf inside, too, trying to kill these kids. Uh, just kidding. He's just a dog. Mm-hmm. His name's Spike. Uh, he's wearing a little costume. Old man Krieg. Walks out, played by Brian Cox. It was amazing and everything. Mm-hmm. He's wheezing. He grabs the dog, and then it cuts to him burning a bunch of photos, just as you would do on Halloween. And he's watching infomercials about injecting stuff into pork loins. Yep. Everything on the TV that you see is something you saw in the movie, so injecting stuff into food. Then yep. it pans over to zombies attacking in a movie. Yep. There's mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island with the werewolf girls. Yes. Yep. Then the TV reel from earlier with the newscaster... And then it ends on someone explaining the Halloween traditions, and he groans. So I just love that they do that so well. Well, I mean, my biggest complaint is what person in their sane mind turns off Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island? I mean, you see that on TV, and <laughs> it immediately stays on that channel. Here's, here, the here's the reason why. Because they already passed the part where Terror Time plays, the oh, song. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you missed the horrible Louisiana accent. It's like, not even a fool will come looking up in here. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, but... Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is the best. Fantastic film. I personally would have stopped at the Vincent Price movie. It's the uh, the haunting... Uh, House on Haunted Hill. House on Haunted Hill. Yes. Yeah, I love that movie so much. So it's just cute, all those little Easter eggs like in that. So I'm, I'm glad that we would all be watching different channels. Because uh, I'm, watching, <laughs> I'm watching Pork Loin, baby. Um, but then we get intercut the previous scenes where Krieg is yelling at Spike and you see him yelling at the neighbor... And then you see kind of a shot where you hear the mask breathing and the camera's behind the mask, so we know kind of what's coming. Spike is barking at something. Krieg runs outside, obviously, to yell at that person, and there are pumpkins everywhere. Like, this place is covered in pumpkins. I love that shot so much because it just, like, zooms out and you see all the different pumpkins. Yeah, and there's, I mean, what, like 50, 60 pumpkins? Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I really like that shot because it, it kind of gives you that like supernatural, eerie feel. Like, okay, nothing possibly human could have done this so quickly. Yeah, he goes to smash one with his bat and Spike barks and he turns around and the doggy door is swinging. Yep. And Krieg wasn't lying because he goes to grab that shotgun on the wall and he is pissed. Spike yeah. goes silent and whimpers. Krieg hits the lights and they explode and then all of a sudden you see... Sam run across the stairwell. Mm-hmm. I hate things running across hallways. It always scares me. <laughs> yeah, it is sudden. And then all of a sudden you hear him go upstairs. And this is another part of sound design, which I love, where 
there's no music. It is silent. You hear his wheezing. You hear the creaky floorboard, the tree brushed against the window. He kind of jolts a little bit. So like it builds suspense mm-hmm. perfectly. Because he's walking towards the end of the hallway and he opens up the door and there's something in the bed moving and it's not a vibrator or a person. It's a <laughs> robot hand. And then the pumpkin goes up in flames. Yes. So yeah, the pumpkin in, in the corner. You're in his bedroom, and I love that throwback to like that skeletal hand that's like moving. I remember those from being a kid. And then you have, you know, the trick or treat written all over the walls and everything, and it's just like horrifying looking. Different sizes, you know, scribbled across the walls in different ways, and it just looks so eerie. And then you get that uh, POV shot from under the bed, and it's like uh, very pet cemetery. I'm like, no, God, I hate, yes. I hate ankle trauma. It just gets me. So I'm like, yeah. no. And he gets cut, not cut, but his ankle gets sliced, Ugh. and he mm-hmm. falls. And I can't be mad too long if I got my ankle sliced right there because our sweet little pumpkin boy comes out, <laughs> and Sam boy. is there, and he has a little piece of candy. It's the candy he got earlier from Principal Wilkins' house. And it has a rage blade in it. I didn't realize that, that was the same piece of candy that he had gotten from the principal's house until we watched it again recently. I'm like, oh my god, that's the exact same candy bar he he grabbed. Yeah, I just always thought like it was one of his little like toys that he has. He just yeah. happens to have a candy bar with a little razor blade in it. But no, that's he's crazy. He's doing arts and crafts when he walks around because he <laughs> makes that out of nothing. But Krieg ain't playing around. Krieg takes a shotgun, spins around, and shoots it. And Sam's gone. He just blows up the pumpkin in the corner. Mm-hmm. This always gets me. How is he walking around casually with this Achilles that's literally been like severed? And he's walking around and then he falls down the stairs. He mm-hmm. puts his hands down and starts screaming. And you look at it. The ground's covered in candy, glass, and razor blades. Oh, it's so, so good. He uses the gun like a crutch and tries to get out. But there's too many door locks. If I don't have five freaking door locks, <laughs> yeah, right. guy. <laughs> and then we get this amazing Dutch angle. And we're seeing Krieg, like, try to get the door open, but his hands are full of glass, so he's, like, screaming. And then you see Sam crawling on the ceiling towards Krieg. Yeah, it's such a creepy shot. Yeah. And then Sam falls on Krieg, starts screeching, and uh, trying to attack him. And Krieg just chucks him into a mirror. (laughs) Yep. Krieg gets attacked again, and Krieg rips off his mask, and there is our creepy pumpkin alien boy. Just screaming in the camera and we get shaky cam. Oh, so I, I really like that sequence too because you see all the events from when Old Man Krieg comes into the house, goes upstairs, falls on the glass, and then he's at the window and then he's begging for Principal Wilkins. And you know that's the time where Principal was filling the grave, planting the tree, and it shows that good kind of time jump right there. So that's why I like that sequence as well. Yeah. And I also like the design of Sam too, that he looks like a pumpkin just because he's the embodiment of Halloween. Yeah, I mean, I remember the first time seeing him, I'm like, okay, what the hell is happening right yeah. now? <laughs> he's a pumpkin boy? I always prefer him with the sack on because I think he looks creepier, but I will say yeah. with that reveal, he looks great too. Krieg doesn't show the same appreciation that we do because <laughs> Krieg takes that shotgun and blows Sam's head off. <laughs> Blows him away. Yeah, yep. he flies across the ground. We see a shot of him sliding across the ground and he hits the wall and Krieg... We can appreciate this. Yes. Not only does Krieg double tap by walking over and shooting him through the chest, mm-hmm. Krieg does the rare triple tap. Yeah. And Krieg shoots his arm off. Yep. We get some great Brian Cox acting here. He's panicking, trying to call 911. <laughs> and the phone disconnects, and he gets stabbed by that disconnected hand by the candy knife. 
Yes, and I was, I remember seeing that. I'm like, oh my god, it's not over yet. Well, you and Krieg both, because Krieg <laughs> watches Sam's hand go back to Sam, and Krieg goes, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> no, yeah. I just felt his pain in that scene. Isn't that like a nod to the thing? Like yep, when the head is like, yep, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's great. He drops the gun. Sam's hand comes back to him with his mask because he brings the mask. I say that's the most important part is his hand first goes back to grab the mask and then reattaches back to his body. Well, he's like cute little. He taps Sam's leg. Sam wakes up up and like Sam puts the mask on and the noise here is so good and the effects so good. You watch the hand because he's made of pumpkin. Yeah, he is legitimately pumpkin. He's not blood or guts or anything. He's pumpkin insides. And so you see the strands of pumpkin go back together and Sam like wakes up, puts the mask back on. And it squishes back together, and then Creed goes, oh no, <laughs> and crawls away, and we get the iconic lollipop, because Sam takes the candy out of the bag, it's this pumpkin lollipop, yep. and bites it into a knife. It shows like him biting it at an angle to get that pointed edge to it, too, and I like that. Sam don't play. No, he does not. <laughs> Krieg, to his defense, literally grabs a bottle off the desk. Breaks it and tries to stab Sam. Sam grabs his arm, breaks his arm. Yep. Krieg screams, and Sam uh, swings on the candy one more time uh, and uh, hits a piece of candy on Krieg's chest. And he pulls the candy up. Krieg's still alive and very confused. Mm-hmm. And I love this part because Sam just noms on the candy bar a little bit. <laughs> little nom noms. <laughs> a little nom. And then just turns around, and Krieg looks a little confused, but he I guess he gets Halloween now. I know, right? <laughs> just pass out candy? <laughs> just give out candy, dude. Yeah. Um, Sam then uses his telekinesis, swings that door open, and just leaves. I love the shot of Krieg just sitting there, because you stay on Krieg for a while, and he's just, like, trying to process, yeah, like, what, the hell, just what the hell just happened? You know, I love that it's, like, Sam is pretty simple. Like, as long as you follow the rules of Halloween, you'll be okay. Even though, like, Krieg didn't really give him the candy, it was there. He took that as, oh, like... You are giving me candy. You are participating in the holiday. I will leave you. Yeah. Well, so. We see this too because it fades into the fire where he's burning photos of him. He was the bus driver. Yeah. Uh, Krieg oh, I was love the bus that. Driver. So when did you guys first realize that he was the bus driver? When I saw that photograph. <laughs> yep, when I saw the photograph. I yep. noticed the ring on his hand. Oh. Early on, he has this, it, it pans in on the bus driver has a ring on his hand and he's still wearing the same ring. And I can't remember which exact scene it was. But I noticed it. I'm like, oh my god, this is a bus driver. It's always fun to me. He's like, never to be seen again. I'm like, he's still, he's in the same town. Like, what do you mean yeah. never seen again? Well, he's a hermit though. <laughs> he's like, he's still in the same town though. <laughs> That's a really good catch. Wow. Yeah, it's a very distinct ring. Like, it's it's like mm-hmm. very nice with like a blue jewel in it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's him. He is old man Scrooge style. He's giving out candy to trick or treaters. He's giving up the uh, good old old person candy special. Yes, that too. Yep. I was gonna. I literally have that in my notes. It's like he gives out old people candy. It's mints <laughs> and caramels. We know that Sam approves because Sam is sitting there watching Creed hand out candy. And another sweet line is the little girl goes, "Thanks, Mister Creed. Great mummy costume." And <laughs> Creed just so looks cute. like he's like. Get the hell off my porch. I love his face. He does such a good job. He's like, you have no idea what I've been through. Yeah, because he's wrapped up in bandages. Sam's sitting there watching him. And then this is where the beginning comes back because everything is tied together. Billy is sitting there dressed as his dad, handing out candies I mentioned. Rhonda was the girl at the beginning pulling the cart. Yep. And the car that almost hits them is the werewolves where they're laughing, having a good time. Yep. 
and we turn to see the girl from the beginning blow out the jack-o'-lantern and that's where sam says okay well time to go around doing this again krieg walks back inside there's one more quick knock at the door and he opens it up and this part always gets me it's it's legitimately scary yeah it's awesome you have the kids who drowned a long time ago they're back from the rock quarry and you pan up to the vampire one yeah the one that escaped and tried to drive the bus yep and he says trick-or-treat and then we get this amazing comic book art style flashy ending Mm -hmm. where we watch as Krieg gets ripped apart by zombies. Yep. And all the bone crunching and all the flash cuts. Like, it's awesome. And the way the boy says trick or treat, really gravelly. Like, oh, it's so creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, remember, you can follow most of the rules following me, but you better follow all of them. And Krieg messed up a long time ago. And this is where Sam uses his necromancy powers because he brought those kids back from the dead to, you know, do his old vengeance part there. So, love that little tidbit. So do you think Sam let him live knowing that, oh, well, those kids from the school bus are going to be by any minute to, you know, kind of finish the job and he was just kind of messing with them? Or did Krieg actually follow rules and give him candy and Sam was okay with that? I think it's the first one because I, Sam's controlling the kids. Mm-hmm. So I think it yeah. was like, hey, participate in Halloween and get this part. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're still done no matter what. Because he killed the the woman at the beginning for blowing out a, like a candle, but like yeah. he's gonna let this guy that murdered Aikens. <laughs> <Right. like. laughs> hey, to be fair, he just drove the bus, chained them up, he gave them candy, and he was gonna just leave them there. But the <laughs> vampire kid killed those. If we're looking at a court of law, that oh is my goodness. that is very, that is a very good point. He he was passing out candy when the vampire kid decided to drive the bus. So well, he's he was walking, innocent. He was walking by checking the chains. Like who put you in these chains? <laughs> he didn't get a chance to take the chains off. But that's trick or treat though. You can go on and say that this, this is one of my favorite Halloween movies. I can easily mm-hmm. say that. I mean, I'm sure that you. I can put agree. this easily in top five for me. I I always look forward to watching this every Halloween season multiple times. I love this movie. My biggest complaint is that they do this movie so well, it just doesn't feel like it's like an hour and a half. It just flies by for me. It is so quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my other complaint is that there's no sequel. I was just <laughs> gonna bring that up. So Michael Doherty has tried to get the sequel going. He's so he got offered. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and he said once this is done, because he's helping write the next one, um, that he would like to make a trick or treat too, because I believe he got signed off on it. It should be approved, and they said that it was happening, um, which I think is fine because Sam is a character that can be in any scenario. He doesn't have to be in that town. He can be anywhere. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was always my curiosity too. Like, there's like, you see him at the sequence where the bus driver is driving the kids, he's there. And then he's there this year. So I always thought, like, why did he wait so long to enact his revenge? He's probably in different areas, to be honest. He's probably in different cities and whatnot that take Halloween seriously and enforcing those rules. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I know, Spencer, you just told me today that there's po- the potential for a sequel. I'm like, please give me a sequel. And, you know, don't mess it up compared to the first one. Yeah, well, I do want to also point out here, though, that, I mean, I've never read it. I know you haven't read it either, Stephen, but Liz, you said there was a... A graphic novel yeah um first off i would like the sequel to be sam takes manhattan i feel like oh, God. <laughs> no. how dare you besmirch oh, our yes. sweet pumpkin boy next is gonna be sam goes to hell oh, no sam yes. goes to space <laughs> sam goes to space listen i can watch uh, the sam goes to space one <laughs> so i bought the trick-or-treat sam's 10th anniversary collection omnibus 
So it contains the first four comics. It's basically kind of like a panel for panel, shot for shot of the four stories that we see in the original Trick or Treat. So there's really not much difference there. But they also have four new stories that came out last year in 2019. And it's like different artists and some writers. So I don't know if they would like adapt those four stories. And honestly, like I kind of hope not just because they weren't as interconnected as the original four were. So they don't hold them as well as the original four? I don't think so, no. There is one short story about like, well, they all kind of take place at different times. Whereas the original Trick or Treat is all like the same timeline, right? Like all the same night. Yeah. In the new it's called days of the dead it's like different periods of halloween so you have story about native americans and then you have a story about like the salem witch trials and then you have a story that's more of like kind of i'd say like 80s kind of thing and then a story that takes place in the 50s but i think it's kind of cool because it does express the idea that sam is an all-knowing being from all different yes. eras like he's I- yeah. 7,000 years old or something like that. Like, he is mm-hmm. the embodiment of Halloween, so that's a really cool idea. I do like that. I just, I feel like it wasn't as well done as, like, the other comics were. Like, the yeah. whole Native American, like, oh, the Native Americans have magic and stuff like that. It just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, that's a um, wardrobe that's overdone. Where it's no, like, it's you, so you overdone. That's what, yes. Thing. I, and yeah, I this came it. out in 2019, so I was like, come on. Like, yeah, what? that is very overused. And mm-hmm. It still gets continued to be used to this day, unfortunately. Yeah. No, but the body horror in that comic is really great, though. So I'm like, can they just like take all the elements of the end and put it in like a different story? So I recommend it just to like look at the art, because Fiona Staples does some stuff and all kinds of other like bigger name like comic artists so it's basically this grandfather who's telling different stories to his granddaughter being like oh you shouldn't be afraid of halloween it's interesting but Hmm. like i said it just doesn't hold up to the first one you know what i do like that as a concept though i think it'd be hard to do another style anthology like he does here where it's all interconnected in a way to not Mm -hmm. feel like it's copying and pasting i think the idea of it being multiple ghost stories with sam you know showing up and then maybe at the end having sam be there would be kind of a fun little twist but all I want is Trick or Treat 2. Just give it to me. I yep. know this is Michael Doherty's baby, and he literally created him, and he loves this character and this story and this idea. So I'm sure that whatever he does would be done uh, fairly well. But you know what else was done fairly well? This podcast episode. Yeah. Y'all were fantastic. <laughs> Thank you both again so much for doing this. This is the final episode of Spooky Season, although Spooky Season always lives on in our soul. Always Halloween in my soul. Yes. Liz, I know you want to be on again. You're going to be on as many times as you want because you're always welcome. Same thing with you, Stephen. But I know you want to be on to talk about this movie that you can't stop talking about. I literally have thought about it for the past few days ever since I saw it. So I'm really excited. So Liz is going to come back probably in a few weeks to discuss another horror movie, though it's not spooky season anymore. Steven, I know you're going to come back on to discuss The Last Starfighter with our friend Donald. Yes, um, we need to watch that. Yes, we haven't watched that yet. Sorry, Don. But there are always going to be episodes where you all can pop on. Horror movies will always be on the podcast because it's my favorite genre. But this is the end of spooky season. Uh, but for both of you, thank you so much for helping me with it. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate it. Uh, I know mm-hmm. you've both plugged it before, but please plug whatever it is you want to plug. I'm going to mute myself, which is just going to be me stepping away for a second. Since Liz, you were on last week, I'll let Steven go first, and then Perfect. you can finish it up. You know what? I'm just going to plug 
Trick or Treat in general. I love this movie. I'm super happy that it's finally getting a, a good following. And also the fact that this year in particular, going around to like, you know, different Halloween shops, I've seen a lot of Trick or Treat decorations. And that's how I got my boy Sam in a, in a little figure that holds a bowl out for candy. <laughs> and I'm very happy with that purchase. Um, I also wanted to give out a plug to my girlfriend and Spencer's sister Danielle's Etsy shop, uh, 880 Market. She's going to have a lot of great seasonal stuff coming up, so keep your eye out on that. All right, thank you, Steven. (laughs) Yeah, check out the market. But yeah, now Liz, it is your turn. Tell everybody (laughs) about, yeah, talk about your shop. Yeah, um, I am on Instagram as Magical Mayhem Art, and I do also have an Etsy shop under the same name. Um, I just want to say thank you for letting me be on the podcast. I'll have some new stickers and things coming soon. So um, I just want to tell everybody happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween, everybody. If you're going to be trick-or-treating, remember the rules, Mm. as we've stated. Thank you both. I appreciate you both. Thank you. Again, you're always welcome. And for everybody listening, you all know the rules of Halloween. One, be safe and have fun and enjoy the spooky season. But as always... Be kind and please rewind. (laughs) Intro song from YouTube Audio Library by DJ Williams. Audio recordings by Clean Feed. Logo created by David Lucas. Purring by Storm.